We see that solutions journalism reporting holds our communities and our leaders accountable in a different way. Because if you can point to another city that's experiencing the same challenge and they found an approach that is effective, that removes the excuses in our city to not at least explore alternatives to our current status quo. Hey, I'm glad you're with us today. This is Choose to be Curious, a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Borton. Welcome. Come, choose to be curious with us. The second episode ever of Choose to be Curious was about curiosity and journalism. We explored the inquiring mind, the investigative spirit, how those approaches align with various forms of curiosity, and how my very generous guest, Drew Cosley, then news editor for the Falls Church News Press, would go about solving the case of the train whistle in the night. Drew also reflected on how we make decisions about what is a story. And that has stuck with me ever since. That incredibly consequential tipping point when we, when someone decides that a story is worth telling, and not just telling, but telling in a particular way. So when I encountered a whole journalistic discipline that revisits this very issue and comes at it with, you guessed it, evident curiosity, it had my attention. And that's what happened last spring. It was in a session of the Alliance for Community Media's annual conference. The session was called something like Starting a Journalism Solution and featured, among others, an initiative in Germantown, part of Philadelphia, very near where I grew up. It was hyper-local citizen journalism, engaging that largely underserved neighborhood in a meaningful and accountable way, working with community members and telling their own stories fully, committed to finding solutions to the community's challenges rather than just stopping at the seemingly intractable nature of whatever was wrong. It was definitely flipping the narrative in a big way, especially in communities of color where they haven't had much control of the stories they get told, how, or any illumination of efforts, successful or otherwise, to solve the problems those communities want to address. There was heated discussion in the session about whether there's ever such a thing as objective news coverage that lodged itself in my little independent media brain and has never quite let go. That is to say, I was hooked. So the Solution Journalism Network was founded in February 2013 to promote this idea of solutions journalism, that credible and rigorous reporting about serious responses to social issues better reflects reality, is more likely to engage audiences, and can catalyze more productive public discourse. So we should all do more of it. Marie von Hoften joined SJN as a 2018 Story Fellow and lead curator of the Response newsletter. Her role included reviewing submissions to SJN's understandably popular Solution Story Tracker, a growing database of more than 12,000 examples of solutions journalism that is used by journalists, 
educators and students around the world. I did some poking around in this tracker, and I'm lucky I ever resurfaced. (laughs) Today, Marie serves as SJN's data and learning manager, focused on measuring and tracking progress toward making solutions journalism an approach that's widely practiced in newsrooms and easily available to news consumers everywhere. So an exciting person to join me to talk about how curiosity shows up in all the different facets of solutions journalism. Welcome, Marie. Thank you so much, Lynn. It's so wonderful to be here. It's very exciting to have you here. And let me ask, I know you arrived at the Solutions Journalism Network as a fellow, but do you have an origin story or an aha moment that brought you to Solutions Journalism first? What a great question. Yes. For as long as I can remember, I've been struggling in many ways at this intersection between, do I want to be a journalist and cover stories that matter around the world? Or do I want to really be focused on how journalism is influencing our connections, our communities, our society at this more abstract, higher level? And so I've, throughout my life, sort of leaned on one side or the other. I worked at a local community radio station in Spokane through AmeriCorps. Then later I went and and studied public policy and international affairs. And I have found solutions journalism to be this home where those, those interests come together. And I think every day about how the actual news product can be different how it can rebalance how we see the world, where we're understanding through reading the news, the problems that affect our communities, but also how people are trying to solve these problems and what we can learn from that. Right now, journalism is, it makes us fearful oftentimes. We're seeing the gravity of the problems that surround us and that's important. We need that coverage of how serious issues are, like the climate crisis, political polarization, massive inequality and racism in our, our communities. Yet, when we focus just on those problems without talking about problem solving, it's hard to listen to the news. We, we pull away. And this is an area where we can do so much better to tell a fuller picture of the world around us. And I think curiosity is is so much at the heart of the solutions journalism practice. And so I'm so glad to be here and so thankful for the opportunity to think about curiosity and how it intersects with my work. Oh, well, I can see how this would would really resonate for you and, and in, in all the ways that it did for me when I first discovered it. You know, the first word that you all and I independently focused on when I reached out to talk about curiosity and solutions journalism was trust. Why do you think that's where we all went first? I think when we talk about problems, especially really big, complicated problems, and we don't also talk about how people are trying to solve these problems, we're providing a distorted picture of the world to our communities. And that distorted picture makes us lose trust in each other because we're not showing how communities are stepping up and and making progress towards 
finding solutions. And so we lose trust in each other and we also lose trust in our institutions if we don't see how problem solving is working and what we can learn from that. You know, what's interesting to me about that is that it creates an interesting, they're not equal, but they're parallel maybe between trust and hope. And that some of some of what's so exhausting about the news right now is it feels insoluble, right? These everything is intractable, everything is enormous and way beyond the scope of any one of our individual control. So we we lose hope that we can do anything or that anybody can do something about this, right? So in in sort of finding people who are making a stab at a solution, whether they're successful or not, right? Because you all are pretty explicit about the fact that like, you're not champions for these efforts, right? It's your job as much to share kind of their limitations and all that sort of thing. It's not just only happy news success stories, but like that the effort is there, that people are Mm -hmm. in the fight. Is that a fair way to think about it? That's a great way to think about it. So you know you're reading a solutions journalism story if first the story is focusing on a response to a social problem. So when I say social problem, I'm talking about challenges like the global pandemic we're all living through. I'm talking about the climate crisis. I'm talking about um, lack of economic mobility, lack of mental health care problems that affect our communities at a larger scale. So you know you're, you're reading or listening or watching a solutions journalism story when that's the focus is how are people responding to a social problem? Then the story should have insight. So what is this nugget of transferable insight that's in this response? What's something that could potentially be an insight for another community who is experiencing the same issue? Then it should have evidence. That's qualitative or quantitative data that shows how this response is working we're not working, as you mentioned. And then fourth, limitations or shortcomings of the response. So what we mean by this is that no response, especially to a very complex social issue, is going to be perfect. It's not going to serve everyone. It's not going to be cheap and fast, right? There's so many limitations to every response, whether it's money, time, political willpower needed to make this this response sustainable. And so those four qualities are absolutely essential. A solution story can't miss one of those because then you're not telling the full picture. You're not actually digging into how this problem solving is happening. So the product is clearly different. How is the process different? How is the journalistic process different in solutions journalism? It all starts with process. It starts with thinking about what stories matter in a different way. So how we train journalists to start doing solutions reporting is to take small pieces of the problem. So let's say your beat is the environment and the climate crisis looms large and you want to contribute critical, thoughtful reporting on the climate crisis. And now you're talking to Solutions Journalism Network. They're saying, <laughs> do solutions-oriented reporting. That's that's a shift in your mindset from I need to report on the, the crisis to 
oh, okay, how is problem solving showing up here? No one response will solve the full problem. So we ask journalists to take a small slice of the issue. I grew up in Alaska and there's communities in Alaska who are needing to relocate inland because of sea level rise. So that's a small slice. Mm -hmm. What stories could you tell about that small slice of the problem? What communities are, are doing this relocation and what are they learning from that? I have a curiosity practice that I would love to share. Oh, you anticipating. <laughs> I'm like, these sound like curiosity practices. Tell me more. <laughs> yes. The magic question in solutions journalism reporting is who is doing it better? Oh, I like that question. And that question gets us to this idea of positive deviance. So, for example, where is the high school dropout rate declining fastest? Uh-huh. Maybe the high school dropout rate is a big challenge for your community. You could report just on that challenge, or you could pair your reporting on the challenge with this question, who is doing it better? Mm-hmm. Somewhere out there, another community has experienced the same thing and they've tried a different approach. What can we learn from that? And I think this curiosity practice, asking the question, who is doing it better. That's a practice that journalists can do. And that's a practice that all of us can do when we're feeling stuck in any problem. Who's had this problem before us? What can we learn from them? It's what I love about that. Ooh, such a good one. What I love about that is how much that opens up right? It takes it, you know, as a personal practice, it takes it out past a, like, everything is all about me and I'm doing it the best way that could possibly be done because it's me doing it to this idea that maybe out there, there's somebody who's figured out something I haven't figured out or on a more kind of systemic or organizational or operational level that ah, there could be solutions we haven't thought about. That opens not only the question of who is doing it better, but what actually are we missing or not doing? To me, that one question has this cascading effect. It must be huge. It is. We see that solutions journalism reporting holds our communities and our leaders accountable in a different way. Because if you can point to another city that's experiencing the same challenge and they found an approach that is effective, that removes the excuses in our city to not at least explore alternatives to our current status quo. Yeah. You're listening to Choose to be Curious. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and I'm joined today by Marie von Hoften of the Solution Journalism Network. One of Marie's colleagues called her sunshine wrapped in systems analysis, and I think that's about right. We're exploring how curiosity is baked into the idea of solutions journalism, that credible and rigorous reporting about serious responses to social issues better reflects reality, is more likely to engage audiences, and can catalyze more productive public discourse. I mean, why is this important? What was the impetus in in sort of creating solutions journalism? There's a lot of pressure on journalists 
to report on news and the way that they've done it in the past, focusing on what's not going well. And so I think what we've tried to do is, is challenge that assumption that what we're doing is working, it's effective news, because we can see that it's not. We can see that people are turning away from the news right at this moment where we all need to be leaning in. Our world is experiencing so many really challenging problems and disengagement is, it's happening at the worst time. (laughs) Um, We need to be leaning in. And so giving permission to ask these different questions is huge. Sometimes what our work is, is connecting an editor with an editor to talk Mm. about how solutions journalism has changed their relationship with their community and opening the space for behavior change. It seems to me it works at several levels. It's the journalism profession being curious about its own impact and whether it's having the impact that it really wants to have. It's the journalism profession bringing a new kind of curiosity to the community and asking maybe about things that simply weren't getting asked about, weren't getting reported on previously. But it's also then about the community. It's about the reader. And I mean, I'm thinking of you all had some interesting research done in the last couple of years about readers' increased interest in stories which sounds to me like piquing people's curiosity and that that, you know, kind of this evidence of efficacy, this, this evidence of hope, of possibility kind of leads to a sense of agency, which then leads to potential involvement. So people have a way forward. To me, it feels like people have a way forward with these stories as opposed to feeling like the world is shutting down around them. It's a way for the world to open up in front of them. That's absolutely right. Yes. We we see that in the research. We see that not only do audiences find solutions reporting more interesting, they feel more connected to their community mm-hmm. and more confident that they themselves can participate in problem solving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted to get trained, engaged, that's something you all do. I mean, what does that look like? How does that happen? We connect with journalists, news outlets, educators, and community organizations mm-hmm. to support the growing of this practice of solutions journalism. We do that in different ways. We offer trainings to news outlets and journalists. We also connect them with each other. Creating community is huge, and it it represents a a deeper shift to in how journalists approach their work. It's not about competing, but rather sharing. Mm. So we see cohorts and collaboratives developing between journalists and between news outlets so that they can cover similar problems. So for example, political polarization and lack of economic mobility, they can cover a problem that's affecting their whole region together and highlight solutions where they're happening, share that coverage, cross-pollinate ideas. Uh, Nice. So it's no mistake you all are the Solutions Journalism Network. That's one thing that I I really love about my role. 
we apply the same curiosity practices that we share with others to our own work. What are we doing that's working or not working to reach our goal of spreading solutions journalism as a practice? We've learned that although a training can be helpful, it is much better to connect an individual or news outlet into a community for that sustained connection, that sustained inspiration and curiosity and sharing of best practices. And so we're adapting ourselves and responding to what we're hearing from our own network in this process. Nice. So that's a curiosity practice too, right? Remaining curious about your own model, that kind of self-evaluation, self-assessment, reflection. Are there other curiosity practices that you think of? One that comes to mind is who are the experts in addressing a problem? We often mm. <laughs> instinctively think of experts as who has the PhD or who's the director of such and such. But oftentimes the experts are the people who are closest to the problem, who are maybe even experiencing the challenge themselves. And they've had to find ways to respond to those challenges. And so one curiosity practice is also questioning, who am I looking to for information and expertise in problem solving? Problems can be solvable and people are solvers. You mentioned in your introduction that historically and systematically excluded communities are often portrayed through their challenges. So we go to a neighborhood when they experience gun violence and only then. That's painting a very inaccurate picture of the full contributions and life in that, that neighborhood. And so if we shift our frame to the, this neighborhood, they're experts in this challenge. What are they doing? What's working? What's not working? Where, where do there need to be more resources or more attention? That's producing a different product, but it's also producing a different relationship with our communities. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, are you game for my big jar wannabe analogies? I would love oh, good. To, oh, good. to dive into the big jar. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's my big jar. I have these little slips of paper. We're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on them. One for you, one for me, one for the audience. Okay. Yours is tarmac. How is curiosity like a tarmac? And mine is boots. How is curiosity like boots? You want to go first? Or you want me to go? You can go first. Okay. Give me a little thinking time. Okay. All right. That's fair. Okay. How is curiosity like boots? Um, well, you know, we put on boots for a lot of reasons, but they tend to have, we tend to put them on because we're going to be um, mucking around in something. We're either out hiking or we're splashing in puddles or we're clumping through snow or whatever. So I think of curiosity like that as well. It's something that we can put on when we're clumping out in maybe slightly challenging terrain or um, that sort of gives us permission to play in an environment that we might not otherwise view with that in mind. So I, I guess that's how I'd say curiosity is like boots. How is curiosity like tarmac? I love that. Curiosity like boots. I think tarmac is like curiosity in that it gives us a stable foundation to 
take off. Mm. I'm seeing a connection between curiosity and solutions journalism in this. I wonder if I can articulate this. Sometimes there's a conception of solutions journalism as fluffy news or only good news. And that's profoundly missing the point. (laughs) Solutions journalism is about evidence. It's about limitations inherent in the problem-solving approach. It's a much more critical way uh, to view problems and solutions than a good news story. I'm just, uh, just thinking about how we think of curiosity as something fluffy, but it's really not. It's a foundation of inquiry that allows us to build something better and stronger and sometimes even faster if we start with questioning our own assumptions. I see tarmac-like curiosity in that it actually helps us build the solid foundation from which to take off or from which to speed ahead. And to lay a, a strong foundation takes time and it takes effort, but then the benefits pay off for years. You've been listening to Choose to be Curious, conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. Find all my shows at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on social media. And don't forget to send us your blanket analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my delightful guest, Marie von Hoften. Links to the Solutions Journalism Network on my website, choosetobecurious.com. Our theme music is by Sean Ballack. And this is Filing Away by Crab Shack via Blue Dot Sessions. I hope you'll join me again next time. Until then, choose to be curious. Being exposed to solutions journalism really has changed my life and the way that I think about the world. When I started at Solutions Journalism Network, I was working on the Solutions Story Tracker team where I was getting the opportunity to read solutions journalism or watch solutions journalism every day. And you start asking this question, who is doing it better instinctively? When I get mad, you know, I'm out in the world and I say, ah, the, the traffic flows make no sense here. As a pedestrian, I feel in danger. My mind immediately starts falling into this practice of surely someone out there is doing traffic safety better. And then and then the next question, as you said, how? In what ways? How can I then bring those insights into the way that I show up in my community as a problem solver? <laughs>